Howdy, everybody, and welcome to yet another thrilling episode of the Black Anime Nerds Podcast. My name is Max. I am joined by our esteemed guests, Aaron Cute. Hey. And Justin Harwell. Hey, y'all, what's up? <laughs> it's the return of Migos. Hey, let's go. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks again for joining us tonight. Um, we'll be reviewing uh, the latest episode, Smiling the Forest Spirit. Um, but first, we have a few topics to discuss. Um, the first being... Um, uh, B-Star's release from Netflix jail. Woo! Yes! Let's go! <laughs> Freedom of um, It's been... Freedom of Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's finally here, available to the West. Um, people can finally dig into it. Um, you know, Justin, uh, um, you've been watching it. Um, what are your, uh, general thoughts so far? Well, first I want to... Say, um, Netflix, thank you for putting out a show that I actually gel with, you know, because I would have been super pissed if this show I was waiting on for months and months and months and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really love this show, man. Like, just from the uh, opening opening scene, it was it was dope. This is a beautiful ass show, first and foremost. Uh-huh. It's a beautiful show. I know a lot of people talk about like you know CGI. They can't stand it. They don't like this type of animation. But like when it's done well, when it's done like this, it works. So that's another positive for that. Um, the characters, they're dope, and the dialogue is dope too. Um, I actually watched this dub, and this is one of the shows that you know some shows they actually work better when it's dubbed. Cause like, uh, what's another show? What's some shows that y'all like that y'all like dub more than so? Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, I would definitely add this one to like the top of the list, man. Cause like the what, the way the dialogue was going, it was better for me to just hear it in English and like right, the voice. Fate Stay Night. Yeah. Like the like the things they were talking about, it was better for me to understand in English. It just it translated well. So that uh one of my favorite characters actually who made I don't know if he he's, I guess he's not like the main but like Louis like the head of the school he was cool mm. as fuck. Yeah, I like the deer. He was cool as fuck. Um Man, it's just so much I love about this show. I just ugh there's a bit of action in it. It's it's pretty dialogue, the characters, Haru the rabbit. I loved her voice, a uh, uh, voice actor. I don't know who it is, but I definitely I would give this show a nine out of ten right now, and I cannot wait. It's already being confirmed for season two. Huh. I can't wait. Ugh, I love it. <laughs> huh. Yeah, man. Um, you mentioned the the uh, production. Um, yeah, I believe Orange produced this mm-hmm. series, and they did they do a really good job with that uh like three dimensional uh CGI like Yeah the blending. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure they're the studio that did uh Land of the Lustrous. Hell yeah, which was another good ass show. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is like their wheelhouse, their bread and butter. 
Yo. Top flight shit. Like I said, I might have to get some notes. I might have to do an essay on this, a dissertation on this one. <laughs> Put this shit on YouTube. Do it. <laughs> do it. Dive. Bro, I loved it. Oh my god, man. Like it like some of the topics were like just really Maybe. realistic for a show about animals being anthropomorphic. It was fucking I'm like, damn. Like how do the the rabbit? Bruh. I always like that with shows like this where it's clear that the creator or author uses a a more absurd nature of having non human creatures. Yeah. Deal with issues relative to humans. Yes. It's a very useful tool. Hell yeah, like it's it was fresh. It felt fresh. For something that we have seen before, but it's, it felt fresh as fuck to me, so um one more thing, I liked I even liked the uh the school play, like the the fucking production that they were putting on, like in the school. And I kinda liked that um that was like the first few episodes and I, I liked that they didn't drag that all throughout the twelve episodes. I like how it just moved. That is good pacing. Yeah, so I was like, man, I mean, I kind of understand that it is a big deal, but I'm glad they didn't drag it. Same. Yeah. Yeah, Louis, Louis was dope, and Hodder was dope. L- Legacy, he's cool, too. I like every character, honestly. And that's always, a, that's kind of a rare thing, though, when you think yep. about it. That's really a sign of a good series. Yeah. Even if the characters might be douchebagels. Yeah. You still enjoy them. The characters that I hated, I hated them for a reason. I mean... You know, they weren't like good characters that I'm like, oh, they ain't shit. No, I I was meant to hate them. So, like I said, if if I'm hating you, you're doing your job. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck them niggas. I like them, but fuck these niggas. Hell yeah, like, okay. You need those characters to, you know, have the story move along and shit, but yeah. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh. Aaron, I always get it mixed up, but, um, you know, it was recently revealed that, uh, uh, creator of Beastars is the daughter, is it, is she the daughter of the, the Baki author or yeah. Kengen? Okay. That's right. Uh, the Kengen is, the Kengen author is actually two dudes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is wild because the writer, an artist, the writer has like another manga he writes and draws, which is not as, Good looking as Kangan or the <laughs> Dumbbell series. Um, and that's other series is where one of the characters in Kangan Omega comes from. Wild enough. Okay. Yeah, so. But she's the Baki author's daughter. Taru Tagaki or something? Yeah. She's never been seen in public without her face mask, so. Right. Kind of cool. Yeah. But she's definitely her daughter's father. And like, even in the animation, like, in the anime, you can still get some hints of, like, anatomy. It's not as exaggerated as Wabaki is, notoriously. But they both have a good sense of general action. Like, Justin, you could tell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That she was very good with, like, you know, motion and everything. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people make jokes about Baki characters, like, size or build. Itagaki has a good sense of how action should work and make it, like, super impactful. Yeah. And his daughter does too, even if it's just more, you know, mundane situation. Definitely. And, um, yeah, if you haven't checked out Beastars yet, uh, please do. It's worth it. Um, yeah, she's gonna binge it in two days, if not one. 
yeah. Uh, no word yet on when season two is coming out, but it was confirmed. Um, I'm pretty sure it was confirmed even before the season ended, which yep, it was. Which is always a good sign that something is very popular. So yeah, just be on the lookout for more B stars info. Um, yeah, and kind of moving on. Um, uh, one of the topics we always see in the group, like who who has the most uh, sauce among like harem protagonists, who's got the most pull. But uh, Aaron actually uh, proposed uh, a character that you might not even think of of uh, as a character who has high uh, harem protag potential. Aaron, can Aaron, can you uh, tell us uh, which character that is? So. This is a topic that I used to bandy about with others, and, like, when I was on Space Battle, it was brought up a lot. But Spider-Man really is a harem protagonist when you look at him. Yeah, yeah. He has all the qualities. Very nerdy. Thinks he's not thinks he's not handsome or plain-looking. And actually is. Is pretty handsome. He does a lot of Hugh Grant type of fumbling with women that somehow works in his favor. <laughs> And then there's the array of women he has in his atmosphere. We got Mary Jane, the girl next door. She's not the first girl. Gwen Stacy, the first girl. Felicia. Felicia Hardy is the bad girl. The bad girl. We got Liz Allen and Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers as the Sundarius. It's not that I like you, idiot. Like you read those old Spider-Man issues, Liz would be like, Peter's such a dork. But when he's standing up for himself, she'd be like, that's attractive. But he's still a dork. (laughs) (laughs) You got the older woman in Betty Brant. Who he asked out to prom. He was 17, (laughs) mind you. But yeah. There's the girl who was, uh, when he was a teacher's assistant that tried to hit on him. To get get answers and flirt with him. There's Carly Cooper and Deb Whitman. Both equally nerdy versions of him that people would watch and say, you know what? I want Peter to be with them. So, and that's just a few in like, you know, 50 years of character. Right. So, it's an interesting thing to know because I'd read Spider-Man, I'd read like something like Tenchi or Lugina and I'm like, there's a weird similarity here. Just one of those things I think about and like, it would fit. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's for made. Points for made. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, personally, personally, fuck Gwen Stacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Who, who would be the, who, who would be your best girl out of that group, though? Uh, MJ? She's been down by law, ride or die for like 30 years. True, but but if we if we go by traditional uh, anime harem protagonist, the the childhood friend like slash girl next door, usually she doesn't win. Yeah, yeah. But technically, technically that's Gwen Stacy too. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. And we know she does not win at all. <laughs> <laughs> but she the opposite she of win. She wins a back brace. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> She took a big fall from the rankings, if you will. But if I had to choose one, I'd choose 
Yeah, the Marvel. Because there was like a lot of potential there, and then Marvel was like, <laughs> nah. It was, it was interesting. Ara, Ara, Peter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when your girlfriend beats up the dude you struggle with by yanking him apart, it's kind of a turn I mean, that kind of gained a bunch of popularity after uh, Endgame. Right. I wish they could have gone back to that and been like, hey, so about that date, Peter. Well, what? <laughs> that would be so, <laughs> that'd be so wild. <laughs> what brought this on? Editorial mandate? I mean, you just seem so attractive now. I mean, it could work. They could just throw in like a five-year time skip and it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. They even got to do that to me. I mean, there's been weirder relationships. Kitty Pride and Star Lord. Like, that was a thing. I'm still, like, what the fuck over it. There's Blade and the old British speedster woman, speedster white woman, Spitfire. Oh, shit. This nigga gave her his blood, made her a vampire, then broke up with her. Damn. Damn. <laughs> she was dying, asked for his blood, and then he's like, you know, I can't deal with you. You're too crazy. Basically, it's like a one night, one night stand. <laughs> Basically. A, a, That's a weird thing about comics that like they do things but don't think about the consequences sometimes. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, it's a. And then they got a like, everything like <laughs> Luke Cage having a whole ass baby with Jessica Jones yeah that's still a thing <laughs> and then Iron Fist having a baby with Misty Knight but it turns out it was just a magic pouch of energy not a baby <laughs> that's weird that, that was annoying oh you're not really like pregnant it's just magical energy stuffed in your belly. It's gone now. I mean, that's that's up there with uh, uh, fate, with like Arturia and Morgan Le Fay. Mm. Right, the artificial insemination of that. <laughs> this is your daughter, even though he's your son. Even though <laughs> we never had sex. Even though, and I'm just like, yo, just just get to the point. Did I mention I'm a woman and I'm your father? <laughs> and you know, with Faye, you just kind of roll with it. So even Mordred was like, makes hey, sense. Faye, Faye was yeah. had always been progressive. Okay. <laughs> so believe it started as a arrow, as some arrow shit. Right. Can you show me the someone? Like, can you show me the source of all this popularity? So, like, I could, but you might want to watch it at home alone. Yeah. Don't, don't don't watch it in the library. The you don't want somebody to roll up on you seeing a scantily clad saver. Yeah. Talking about feeling the energy flow through her, inside of her. Or or being, uh, or parts of your body being defenseless. To a spirit, a spirit assault. <laughs> oh fate I'm still mad they gave Shiro an option and sex for both of them yeah Ren and, Ren and Saber well I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he's 
basically just with like everybody. Yeah, just about. I, think, I, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can never remember if it's like that weird uh, reality of uh, Revengers. I mean, Avengers, like in Hollow Adoraxia. It is. And that one, he's just, you know, he's community dick. But in general, like, it's amazing how so many women around him are like, Cheryl's kind of (laughs) hot. Man, those harem protagonists. And then our next topic was Jay Electronica, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, first time in 13 years, uh, uh, Jay Electricity dropping an album, an album most of us thought would never, never happen. <laughs> kind of reminds us of, um, like some of our favorite, uh, manga creators and, um, going on hiatus. I mean, probably the biggest parallel between Jay Electronica, uh, with Jay Electronica and that is, uh, uh, Hunter Hunter uh, creator and also Yu Yu Show creator uh, um, uh, Togashi. Um, I think, man, I think it's been Hunter Hunter is on like a seventy-ish chapter hiatus right now and has had quite a few over the past uh, fifteen years or so due to um, Togashi's health um, being in a state of flux. Uh, it's been that long. What was that? It's been that long? 15 years? Yeah. God damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last uh, Hunter Hunter chapter came out like a year and a half-ish ago. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah I remember. The cruise. Yep. We're still in the middle of the uh, watching arc. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, as far as uh, <laughs> comparisons go with that album... Uh, um, Jay Electronica's debut. It's got uh, Jay Z featured heavily uh, heavily on it. Yeah. Uh, if we could make an analogy between uh, uh, Jay Electronica and Jay Z um, with uh, anime characters, um, as far as like dynamic duos, uh, uh, what comes to mind? I I kind of think of. Uh, uh, I feel like the one that jumps out to me is, is Goku and Vegeta, but I'm sure there's other uh, good ones as well. I'd say more Goku and Gohan. Cause I could how, how long niggas waited for Jay to flash his potential. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say somebody older, like, yeah, like Goku. I would say Genkai and fucking Yusuke. <laughs> I can see, I can see that. But then Jay's a bit older too now, so it's like yeah, you kind of have to bring it out. So, yeah, Jay Jay Z's fifty and Jay Electronic is forty three. Wow, <laughs> Jesus, is that much closer than I thought? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like thirty six. No, Max is like nah, had a bit more of that. Jesus no, when Christ. he was signed to Rock Nation, he was like thirty three, thirty four. Wow. Crazy. Wow. And that's say anime duos. Huh? That's crazy. You got to be a special person to be on a label for ten years and not put no music out. Well, that's yeah. that's the thing. Like, no button. Yeah, 
basically that's another one. Yeah, like I th- it's one of those Jay Z like recognized uh the talent level that Jay Electronica had and that's why he was so patient. He wouldn't have been patient for you know, the the average signee for sure. Right. Uh, and yeah, he Jason for terminology. Yeah. Like Jay Z's on the album so much. Um but I'm pretty sure the main reason for that is um he can he probably felt like he had to be more directly involved or the reality was the project just was was never gonna happen. Yep. All right. Just based on uh Jay Electronica's like base like personality. Yeah. Uh, Jay is the, so yeah, it, it kind of feels like a Watch the Throne two album sometimes, but yeah, hey, I'll I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Jay is that anime character that never fights at full potential, but we'll talk about how he beats your ass at full potential. <laughs> and Jay Z is his mentor, who you know sticks his foot up his ass and makes him actually do something and close to full potential. Who's an anime character? Who's an anime character um, that for years has been talked about, uh, hyped about, and then like finally uh, we we were able to see what they can do, like like a couple hundred chapters slash years Oof. later. Do, does any character come to mind? There was Bunshichi in Tenjo Tenja, where we got glimpses of what he could do. And then he finally exploded, but he got he got beat. That seems to be the fate of most of these dudes. Or you could talk about Sora from Air Gear. Don't spoil that for anybody, because I know folks. <laughs> Spoilers talk, like ten years ago. Don't talk about reading stuff, but yeah. <laughs> that will just move on to our uh, AdMod Watch review of episode ten of. Somali and the Forest Spirit. Um, our journey continues. Uh, we're uh, reunited with our uh, uh, Oni friends who have uh, temporarily joined uh, joined Somali and Go- Golem on their journey. Um, they uh, uh, during their journey they're seeking lodging. They find some in exchange for. Uh, um, being bodyguards at an inn. And yeah, lots of, uh, uh, th- this episode is one we'll definitely be able to look back as kind of like a, a turning point, like a tonal shift mm-hmm. in, in the series for sure. Um, Aaron, um, what were your thoughts on episode 10? Man, that fucking hug. <laughs> that was, man, Find out Somali's origins. Yeah. Like where exactly she came from. Yeah. Makes me wonder if like her parents or anybody's even gonna be there. Right. And um It was seeing her in chains, learning the origin of her name. Man. So much shit this episode was hitting me with the feels. Mm-hmm. That's how you know the end is coming. Mm-hmm. I simply wish to see more of her smile. That shit was saccharinely sweet, but you know what? I fucked with it. Yep. And Colin is looking bad. 
<laughs> I knew it was, and we knew it was bad, but like, yeesh. Right. Um, and then fucking Rosa. That smell was human. This bitch. Never trust the, the, uh, four-armed, uh, grandma, uh, Demi-humans or whatever. Never trust a bitch that looks like a Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're looking like a dragon egg and shit. Yeah, I mean, it was cool seeing um, the look back into how um, Golem and Somali's relationship started. uh, How emaciated uh, Somali looked. Um, And it's crazy to kind of see how... (laughs) Um, Golem's attitude towards her uh, like changed so much from from then to now. Um, you could definitely tell that, uh, like you know, he claims to be emo- emotionless, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he didn't hesitate to save her from uh, from drowning, which kind of suggests that he isn't as emotionless as he thought. Yeah. Yep. But it feels like he was almost like, uh, what were you about to say? My bad. Oh, and I just really liked the subtlety of, um, uh, it's, it's cool, like how, um, small a role, um, the cat creature, like, plays in this entire series, but, like, it's one of the most significant. Mm-hmm. Like, the oh gosh I can't remember it was like Kidiro Somali like whatever the species of cat was that um, brought Golem to her but like that basically set this story like in motion like uh, you almost almost, they'll they'll never explain it but you almost wonder if um, them bonding like that was what the what the uh Cat was like counting on when she introduced, or when it introduced the two of them. Um, but yeah, um, Justin, um, what did what did you think? So basically, like, I think I'm I'm learning as I get older that I'm, I'm becoming more emotional and shit. So shows <laughs> like this, I try I tend to stay away from. Like by choice, because this is like, I'm like, bro, I don't want to feel these feels right now, but you know, <laughs> we're obviously. You watch, you watch Haikyuu. They, they do that shit too. I, but no, but Haikyuu was real life. Haikyuu was like, yeah. so it's different. Like, yeah, this is different, man. Like, just for me, seeing Somali uh, be found by Golem, and then he's like, well, you're good. I got to go. Bye. <laughs> and then like she's like trying to even her just trying to get up a fucking steep hill and falling I'm like bruh go get her right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like what the fuck is you doing <laughs> I hate no, like, this is making me just like want to just take everybody in and like bruh like I just ugh. just small shit like that is just making me emotional and I'm like bruh I just can't deal with this but we are seeing that there's about to be some action going on. And I, that's what I feel like the last two episodes are about to be fucking 180, like flip 
this action, and then we might see something really, really bad happen. You know, right. but I am glad that like the two the two characters they came back, so they might be Somali's little new family. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. But yeah. And it was kind of cool seeing that the two guys, uh, well, the two of them, they could actually handle themselves. So, like, if they deal with anything, you know, dangerous, they can fucking, they can handle it. That was cool. Yeah. To see. That was, that was an important part that I'm glad they established that mm-hmm. like, when pressed into duty, uh, Yabashira and Shizuno can, uh, can help. Yep. Um, they're definitely going to have to help. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, like, I guess, um, it was interesting too, um, uh, the kind of how like the human scent works. Like it makes me, I, I guess the only characters that have gotten like close to Somali have been reoccurring characters that we've we've seen a bunch but um like um crap i i can't remember their names but like the the like rabbit deer race that they were with for a few episodes like it didn't seem like they picked up on her scent at all Um, right it was crazy to see um uh auntie rose um that personality shift like right before that she was being so nice mm-hmm. and now that shit was it was like waiting for the other shoe to drop like what you gonna do <laughs> and she does it and i'm like this bitch yeah I almost wonder if uh Shizuno kind of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God damn guard chomp looking ass bitch. <laughs> damn. Can't trust nobody. Yeah, it kind of just shows how lucky she's been up until this point too. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. We was wait. I was waiting on somebody to find it, but yeah. That's what you were talking about at the beginning of the uh, season, Aaron. Yeah, I was waiting for <laughs> When she did hit the human thing, I was like, this bitch crafty. She was, like, she was like, I recognize that shit. She <laughs> five-fold from I smell a human. You so good. <laughs> Man, do you, do you guys think we're ever gonna um, we're gonna see a Minotaur before this season ends? I would love to see a Minotaur like the last episode and be like, "The fuck!" and it just cuts it. He looks nothing like Somali. Nothing. And that cat, that cat is like, "Hey, you seen this Minotaur? The fuck!" It'll just be funny if they don't even think that the Minotaur is a Minotaur based on what Somali looks like. <laughs> They're like, nah, my dude, you ain't a Minotaur. You probably a human. He's going to be like, the audacity. You're a Ningen, aren't you? 
He's like, he's like I'm a what? The N-word? <laughs> it's fuck Ningans over here. <laughs> Ningan, please. <laughs> yeah, N- Ningan, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Another part of the episode I liked was... Um, uh, Golem's like sit down with Shizuno. Uh, Golem basically saying like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Basically, can you and Yabashira look after Somali for me when I'm gone?" And just and the reveal that like the main reason he's been on this journey like for so long, despite the risk to himself, is because he wants to keep seeing her smile. But. uh Shizuno tells him not to give up on seeing her smile. Kind of sets up like the like climactic battle or whatever, like it for um, you know Golem like dying to save Samoa. I kind of feel like that's where we're headed. Um, the next episode preview did not look great. Um, we see Golem carrying off. Somali and um, Shizuno. Shizuno was crying. So, like, what does that mean? Did something happen to Yabashira? Oh Lord! Oh no! But obviously, there's a lot, a lot that we we don't know the context for any of that. But um, things are getting serious, and we are. Let's see, three episodes away from the series being over now. And somebody dying. Don't know who yet, but somebody died. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, do you guys have any uh, just general like predictions for what's next? It seems like the whole town is going to be on the hunt. I would love for it to be a whole episode of them just running through the town trying to get away. That's what I would like. That's what it seems like. I mean, the, that the little house that they were staying in definitely looked like it was under siege. Damn, they ransacking the place. Find <laughs> this human motherfucker. First of all, she's too small for the whole damn town, so stop being greedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's first come first serve basis. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> you already know it's about to. Be, it's about to Y'all done fucked up the whole town for one fucking bite for a fucking slider. She's a slider, bro. <laughs> right. These <laughs> niggas. This is like. Niggas hunting down like I don't know a fowl or right. a steak. <laughs> it's steak, but like not some steak we all gotta fight over. Oh yeah, Band-Aid's finally getting ripped off, guys. It's probably gonna be a it's gonna be a feels trip the rest of the way. Man, let the yeah I don't know. <laughs> not watching this again. This <laughs> is gonna be a one and a one and done series, for and it might be something we can recommend. But shit, I ain't watching it again. <laughs> hey, no, I, I totally know the feeling. I can't, I can't watch uh, Anohana anymore. Mm, I watched that watch once. <laughs> great, great series, but I, I can't do it. Yeah. So I, I torture myself with these types of series. Yeah. Like, I'm cool oh. with shows that, like, you know, Slice of Life, that, like, have 
a few or maybe like one or two scenes of like just craziness in it, but like I don't know. It's just, every time I see like her little backstory, I'm just like, up. Oh, I want to change it. <laughs> Fast forward. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. Every time I see a piece of Gollum break off, I want to change it. <laughs> They're like, man, stop. Get some lotion or something. Get some lotion, yeah. Get some golden lotion. We've got tape. We've got tape. I'll be that nigga with all the tape. Just throw some bubble wrap on him. Hell yeah. Bubble wrap Somali. Right. Put her in a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Even better. Keep that little girl safe. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we're, we've reached the climax. It's definitely going to be a exciting watch these last three episodes. It's probably not going to, it's going to have like a quote unquote happy ending, but it's going to be very bittersweet no matter what. Mm, Yeah, for real. So, um, but um, (laughs) that would just be terrible if, if she just got like eaten at the end of the episode. I'm be like, God damn it! They gotta do all this shit, and she gets evil. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like the the biggest like mega mega plot twist. That'd be worse than um uh like the Promised Neverland with oh the, like the God. first episode with like Connie. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Bye guys, I'm going to live in an orphanage. Bro, they get dressed up with that little ass, cute ass hat, and that oh my god, bro, she had a little fedora on, bitch. Right. <laughs> the demons are like, damn, that was a good snack. Damn, they fucked that whole life up. They fucked. They want, they want them to stick their finger, their like fingers in their mouth, like they were cleaning it, cleaning their teeth. <laughs> Shameless. Took being a whole snack to another level. Damn. Bro, she was fucking popcorn chicken to their ass, brain. <laughs> Kentucky fried child. Oh. Kentucky Fried Child. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, one of the demons probably. Is on the on the related note, I guess uh, <laughs> be on the lookout for uh, season two of The Promised Neverland in uh, the fall season, October. It's hey. gonna be heavy. <laughs> That's for sure. Mm. All right, gents. I mean, um, if we're all set on. Um, a review of uh, Somali, we can move on to uh, recommendations if you guys are up to it. Okay. All right. Um, I can go first. Yes, sir. Uh, it's, I mean, I guess it's, it's a recommendation. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about it a few times, but I've been in the midst of uh, – Ascending uh, to the status of a light novel, nigga. Let's go. And yes. Let's if see you want if you want to be a light novel nigga like me, um, <laughs> the uh, 
bookwalker app slash website, I, uh, I picked up six, I picked up six volumes, six light novel volumes, uh, yesterday and the total came out to like just under 25 bucks. Cool. Man, that's, that's not bad. That's definitely a, a website I recommend to people, uh, bookwalker. That's where I read my, uh, light novels. Uh, that's kind of a badass thing. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're ebooks, of course, but, um, it's nice to kind of just have the versatility to be able to just, uh, open up your phone and, uh, start reading. Um, I plan on building my physical collection of light novels and stuff too, but yeah, my recommendation is, uh, um, you know, looking into a book walker. That's probably the best that and Amazon, of course, are great. Um, sources of light novel content. Yeah, it's kind of addicting too. That's pretty much all I've been reading, uh, recently is just like light novel stuff, but such a cool medium. I mean, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been going through, uh, the ReZero light novels. And while the anime is a great adaptation of the light novels, I mean, there's just so much more content, um, so much more like, backstory and like scene setting with with the uh light novels and what you get um than what you get in the end that's true with a lot of light novel stuff yeah so yeah um that's that's kind of my uh recommendation um uh bookwalker app i'm i'm pretty sure it's available on both for both Apple and Android. Um, or you can just use the website as well. So mm. yeah, that's me. If you want to be a, if you want to, uh, begin the journey to, uh, light novel nigga hood, um, hey. <laughs> Bookwalker is a great place to start. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Aaron, uh, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, sadly, it's getting canceled in a few months, but House of Whispers. Oh, man. With Nello Hawkinson. It's part of the Sandman universe, which DC hyped up and then kind of slowly let down, but it's about, uh, the lower. So it's got a lot of, uh, voodoo history there. And it's kind of cool to see that intertwined with the Sandman universe. So if you have if you have a lot of interest in voodoo, blow and all that, you can read that. And also there's stealth, which is about a new black hero. And it's kinda interesting because I read like the pilot comic a few years ago. Like two thousand and twelve. And the story was a bit similar, but they changed the whole family dynamic and moved it to like Michigan, I think. Instead of NY. Hmm. And it went from a white family to a black family. And Interesting. Yeah, so new black hero out there with the armored setup, and it's kind of cool. So there's that, and then last but not least, there's If on Webtoons by Keon Tan. Hiroshi is shocked when he finds out his imaginary friend, Anagami, isn't so imaginary after all. He realizes his beastly companion can battle out with other kids' imaginary friends. Things start to get even stranger. 
But when these playground games turned serious and kids started disappearing, Hiroshi realized that the consequences here might be more real than he first thought. So, I've always been a fan of, like, you know, Mon type of series. So, like, Pokemon, Digimon, Shin Megami Tensei. So, the concept already appeals to me in that it seems to be going more towards that latter than the former. So, if you're interested in those and seeing, like, you know, aspects of those series applied, I'd watch that. I'd read that. Most deaf. Um, is that something that you can um, like find online, or is it inv- available in most uh, commercial bookstores? It's in the Webtoons app. So. Oh, Webtoons app. You just need the app, and boom. Bam. And yeah. Could we could we see an anime adaptation from that? Man, I hope so. I hope so. It's only four chapters right now, but like, I really think it would be cool to do. I've always liked that concept. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with Webtoon's about to get way more exposure. Um, um, it's definitely people something people should get invested in uh, uh, now, for sure. Because exactly going to be minding the fuck out of it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, Justin, uh, what are your recs this week? So I have Flowers of Evil. Have I talked about that before? I don't know. I don't think so. Shit, Justin. <laughs> so Flowers of Evil, uh, it's a show um, that's on Crunchyroll. It also has a manga that like progresses the story. And I've heard the people talk about the manga being better than this, um, the anime, but I haven't read it, so I don't give a fuck. Anyways... <laughs> the show, the show. Oh my god! When you talk about like a psychological thriller, bro, like feeling uneasy about shit, like the situations that happen, bro, this shit had me like at the edge of my seat. So it um, so it involves this dude named Takao. He is just like a regular high school student. Like he's going through life, and he's like crushing on this girl. You know, the prettiest girl, the smartest girl in class. You know, she's not giving nobody the time of day, but you know, he just dreaming about her and shit and then there's this girl named Sawa who is like the class recluse like nobody wants to talk to her they say she's weird as fuck so what happens is Takao he ends up in a situation where he finds his crush's clothes and he's like oh my god should I take him you know because he's a kid you know he's like that's his crush's like this is a one-time opportunity and then Sawa the recluse like finds him like she sees him do it and she forces him into this quote-unquote like contract and it's like like black this is the worst case of blackmail y'all i've ever fucking seen bro this shit is crazy bro this shit had me cringing like i could but i couldn't turn away bro it was whoo yes it's called flowers of evil it's on Crunchyroll. everybody should watch it anime only yeah watch it <laughs> How, how old is the is the series? Uh, the series came out. It's between 2009 and 2014, so it's done. But the uh, show came out in 2013. And another controversy about it is uh, the animation style. It's rotoscope, so some people don't like it. But rotoscope never bothered me because it's been 
to me, like the character movements have been like they're fluid and stuff. So I've never had an issue with rotoscope. Oh yeah, me neither. I mean, they used it in uh, the uh, Chica special uh, Chica ending in Kaguya-sama. Yeah, that was all rotoscope. I'm pretty sure. I think so too. And everybody loved that. So what? Yeah, man, like, but yeah, it was some situations that I've never seen in anime, and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm watching right now, but I'm like, I'm feeling uncomfortable. But they did, that was what they were going for, and like, man, yeah, so this is a show that I try to recommend to, like, all my, like, friends, you know, who don't watch anime, but they love, you know, shows like that, just like thrillers, you know, shows that make you cringe, make you make you think. Yeah. Flowers of Evil. Yeah, it's some crazy shit in there. <laughs> Check it out, y'all. Dope. Um, thanks for the Rex, guys. Um, I think that about does it for uh, uh, for this week's podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, once again, uh, my name is Max. I was joined by um, uh, Aaron Coutte hey. and Justin Harwell. Take off. Um, yeah, yeah. We are the Eagles. Uh, we are signing off. Later, Ben. All right, bye, man. Thank you.